Be A Heart Design is committed to creating and experiencing beauty. They create products that walk us through the joys and sorrows of life. Swaddle blankets, wooden puzzles, laptop sleeves, lunch boxes, digital planners, and my very favorite, paper planner that doesn't just keep my life organized, but also keeps me rooted in prayer. Everything created is designed to reflect God's goodness. Head on over to Be A Heart Design on Instagram and check out the many gifts for special occasions, the thoughtful little somethings to let someone know you're thinking of them, or head over and pick out something nice for yourself. Use code SSS15 for 15% off. Hello, I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is Center Saint Sister, a podcast that dives into whatever we might be feeling that day. I love introducing you to people that you might not know, but should. And I love connecting you with people you may already know and love, and then letting them share how they have lived life deeply. If you hear something over the next hour or so that you think a friend would enjoy, please consider sharing this episode. And if you haven't already, please consider writing a review. All of those things help us grow the podcast, which is really helpful. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. Never does it feel better to settle into the comfort and safety of family than times when it feels like everything else is falling apart. I mean, anyone else? Doesn't the world feel a little on fire lately? There's controversial stuff all around us. There's disease. There's tense racial relations, polarizing politics, scandalous religion, wildfires, terrorism, hate. We are living in a contentious time. And people's opinions about it are all around us. Social media has taken this to a whole new level. I mean, 15 years ago, people weren't yelling from their porches, I disagree with you! Your facts are unfounded! We weren't doing that. But with the help of social media, not only are we doing that, but people have lost all their context. Before, if somebody was yelling from their porch, there was context for that person. I mean, yeah, somebody might be being obnoxious, but it was Ed, your dad's friend from the softball league. But with the internet, people are being reduced to only their obnoxious comments. And then, because of that, we can all too easily put them in a box that gives us permission, I'm going to be frank, to hate them. Because we've made one opinion, their whole being, a caricature, reduced to nothing but exaggerations, and we have so much more hate in the world because of it. And we know how Jesus feels about this. It is actually impossible to dodge how Jesus feels about the ways that we treat one another because on his way to the cross, his very last prayer to the Father was that we would be one. Let them be one, Father, like you are in me and I am in you because then the world will know that you sent me. And because of the weight of that, us being one, because it was his very last prayer and because that's how the world will know, Because of that, I know that I cannot believe in a Christ who simply confirms my preferences when it comes to people who annoy me or confuse me or enrage me. Because every single time I draw a line in the sand, Jesus is on the other side of it. So because of that, I have to abolish any distinction, discard any idea of other or them or those people. The box marked hate, I have to kick it down. We are all children of the same God, brothers, sisters, children. Jesus brought to us a new way to live right here, right now, not just one fine day, right now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Jesus is Lord, not was Lord. So thy kingdom come. And we say that, we sing that, we pray for that. We might even fast for that reality. But for it to have any meaning at all, we have to spend some time thinking about what heaven will be like. And then start living that now. If you're not driving, can I invite you to close your eyes for a second and take a deep breath and just consider what is it that will be abolished in heaven? What is it that will be maintained in heaven? What is it that will be restored in heaven? Because Jesus is Lord, and we have a new way to live, and because we believe in thy kingdom come, we can just live it out now. Some tangible things that help me with thy kingdom come is getting to know someone who's nothing like me. 
Our society is filled with numerous groups of people who face oppression, and if we don't believe that, then our circles aren't wide enough. We have to be willing to admit and address the complex realities within our world that create oppression and then avoid the spiritual laziness that keeps us from doing anything about it. Another thing is getting to know Jesus by going through the Gospels over and over and over again. Something new stands out to me every single time. And then lastly, the Beatitudes. I feel like I cannot understand Jesus apart from the Beatitudes. To close, I'd like to share a story from Second Kings told by a storyteller I admire named Jonathan Martin. Um, There were these two kings, and there was a bad king in Syria, and then there was a king in Israel. And the bad king in Syria, he kept trying to attack Israel, but Israel had a really good prophet named Elisha who would prophetically intercept these attacks, and he would warn the king of Israel. This happened multiple times. And so the bad king of Syria, he calls his people together, and he says, we've got a rat. Who is it? The king of Israel knows every plan that we're making. And so one of his men informs him. He says, no, sir, it's the prophet Elisha. He can hear the things that you say in your bedroom chamber. And so the king is like, well, then seize him. And the army goes, they go and they surround Elisha. And Elisha's servant wakes up the next day and looks out the window and is like, um, prophet, we've got a problem. Look at all these guys. And Elisha says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And he acknowledged that, yes, I I see what you're seeing. And yes, it does look bad. You're right. It looks bad. But I know something you don't know. There's a bigger story here. And Elisha prays and he says, Lord, open the eyes of my servant so that he might see. And the servant opened his eyes and he saw the whole landscape, not just a concentric little circle, but all of the hills filled with horses and chariots of fire. There are more of us. Do not be afraid. And then the Syrian army, they begin to close in on Elisha. And so he prayed again and he prayed for God to make them blind. And the Lord did it. And so Elisha tells the blind guys, hey, this isn't where you want to be, but I'm going to take you somewhere, follow me. And so he takes them 12 miles into Samaria and he prays again. He says, Lord, bring back their sight. The Lord does. He opens their eyes. And so they open their eyes and they're not where they thought they were going to be. They're at the mercy of the guy who just prayed for them to have their sight removed and then given back. And the king of Israel is there. The king of Israel looks at Elisha and he says, can I kill him? Can I kill him now? And you know what Elisha says? He says, no, feed him. And my friend's preaching of this story that taught me a couple of things, that taught me that we have this worldly account, right? Nations, empires, states, parties, divided people, what have you. And with our worldly eyes, we deal with this division. We have these fleshly eyes, but there's another story. There's a bigger story. There are heavenly realms. Do we have eyes to see it? Do we? Because it's easy to miss. It's so easy to get caught up with the war that's right in front of our face. Do we have eyes to see? Listen, we could be discouraged by so much, but God's plan is still good for this world. It might look bad and we might seem surrounded, but God has good news. And get this, it wasn't just good news for Israel because God's saved the lives of the Israelites. He did that. But guess what? He saved the Syrians too. God took care of those people too. Why? Because good news isn't just for us. Good news can't be just good for me or people like me or the people who live by me or the people who believe like me or the people who agree with me because real good news is for everybody. Jesus came to save the whole world and we're blind without him. We are. But we can do this. We can stand in awkward in-between places like good prophets do. I don't know anyone who does this much better than Ross King, an old neighbor, an even much older mentor of mine, and a new friend. I am so excited for you to hear his perspectives. Our conversation took the scenic route, and I think that you'll enjoy being along for the ride. Everyone head over to saintandstone.com and at Saint and Stone on Instagram and hit follow so you can be as tempted as I am on a daily basis to buy everything beautiful and shiny you see. 
Catholic jewelry, necklaces, earrings, bracelets, miraculous medals, crucifix pendants, and so many meaningful Christmas presents for loved ones or for yourself. Created with high quality materials, this jewelry is modern but meaningful, and all of it is designed to inspire you with style and grace. Head on over and find something you love. Ross King! Hello. I am so excited that you are on Center St. Sister. Um, okay, so I'm gonna my most recent experience with you was this. Well, in person, okay? And it, it was this. I had just moved into an old house and my family, we had just moved into a new neighborhood. And I met a lovely, beautiful woman in the park, um, dripping with children as I was. And somehow I ended up standing in her living room. Those details I cannot recall, but I was standing in her living room. I, 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 I don't know, but, but the next thing I know, you are standing in front of me. Now, I cannot room? say I was in your living room. Yes. Right. That lovely woman in the park was your beautiful wife. And... I cannot recall um, the the details of why I was there, like I said. And and I did not recognize you facially. Like, there was no, like, physical recognition of you. This is going to sound a little woohoo, but because we love the Holy Spirit together, you're going to know what I mean. There was something about how I felt in your living room that I recognized. Wow. Okay? All right. I know. I'm okay with that. I know. Okay. Now you were not, you were in this moment, you were not like, you were not rude by any means at all. In fact, you were very warm, which is why I recognized the vibe, but you were not like slapping me on the back, like welcoming me into your home. You were kind of like, who's this person? Like, hi, I'm whatever. And then when you said your name, I'm Ross, it clicked and I went, all of the recognition fell into place and I remembered you as a student at A&M from you leading Breakaway. And you led me deeper into prayer so many times through your worship, through leading worship, um, that I feel like my soul just instantly recognized yours. And I'm standing there with your wife and I'm starting to put pieces together. And then I recognize hers and I'm like, and you sang too. Now I want to be clear with you that when I was in breakaway, I was never face to face with you. I don't know that if you would have put 10 people and said, pick out Ross King in a lineup, that I would have been able to do that. I am telling you that I recognized our beings. And so, um, so many times, like sitting in breakaway, being led so deeply into prayer, I'm a little bit of an introvert um, as it is, but I could never, you know, people used breakaway as this big social experience, you know? And so they would leave the sanctuary and then everyone would mingle in the lobby. But I had been so led deep into prayer that I could never transition fast enough. Mm. And so I would just beeline out to my car because I just needed a minute. And so then you promptly moved. Like I wanted to do like cheerleading jumps in your living room because I, you know, realized that I'm living a couple of doors down from Ross King and then you promptly moved. And so I had to just follow your family on social media. So you media. were on our street, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. I remember this now. And I'm so I'm like, yes. okay. So here's my confession. Um, okay. I am not good at being um, surprised socially. Like I, uh-huh. I have a history yeah. of meeting like a, I'm going to say the word fan, but only because I have a few, not because yes. that's a thing I do, but where I'd meet someone yeah. back in breakaway days, I would meet someone who knew who I sure. was. And if I was standing in sure. line doing something engaged in something uh-huh. else, I nearly always blew it and was not as nice as I should have been. Not like rude, just like kind of maybe distant or, or, or sort of passively sure. cold. I wasn't like mean. Uh, I'm a nice right. guy, but I just am not super good at being, at being like, um, surprised in a social situation. So I, so I probably wasn't as, as like warm with you as I would be now. And also I remember vaguely that Stacy said something like, yeah, this girl lives down the street from us. This woman lives down the street from us. And, uh, weren't you already doing some of this stuff then the podcast and that kind of stuff then? 
prep. Yeah, you sure, were in the early yeah. days. I remember her saying something about you being somewhat kind of a, she was kind of joking that you were a low-level internet rock star, you know, okay. and that we had a lot of <laughs> similar interests and stuff. And and I remember being really, really excited about that, but that was why when we were planning to move and thinking, well, yes. somebody cool live, lives down the street and now we're leaving. So, bummer. Yes. Yeah. And and I would I would be more sad about that than I actually am, except that I've gotten to follow you on social media and see your written thoughts and realize that um, while I cannot do cheerleading moves in your living room, I can cheer you on in this way. And we are we're you can you do not have to. Um, hesitate to call me a fan. I am oh, such a fan and I'm so glad that you're on the show. Um, so tell listeners a little bit about um, just yourself. Who is Russ King? Who do you love? What are you working on? Yeah, sure. First, I want to say that that the idea that I would be on your podcast when I only qualify for two of the words is a real <laughs> honor. Um, I am a saint and a sinner, but not a sister. Uh-huh. And I appreciate that you yeah. trust it, me. It does take a special dude to make it on the to show. To bring my, true. you know, <laughs> uh, uh, testosterone. And there's a lot of it to this. Uh, <laughs> trust me, Clearly. there's a lot. <laughs> More than most guys. Um, no, but I really, I'm really honored. And um, so, and I mean that because I love this format of like just getting to chat with people and talk in kind of an unplanned, spontaneous, take it where it leads kind of way. So thank you. Thank you so much for trusting me. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So we moved here a few years ago and I've been a singer, songwriter and a a musician, a creative for all of my grown up life. And so we moved here because I had gotten into this. Where's here? Oh, sorry, Nashville. We moved to Nashville from Mm -hmm. Brian Carl Station where, where, where we lived down the street from each other because I had gotten into writing for other people and kind of, I kind of moved from only writing Ross King songs to, I'm using air quotes for those who are, who can't see, to writing songs for other, other people with the purpose of, oh, they can go out and do that. And people who are younger and cooler and prettier can go out and just like do things. And I can create in ways that informs and fuels and all that. And kind of a royalties based, you know, thing. And that was going pretty well. And so we moved um, so that I can pursue that in a more kind of full-time way, kind of keep the, the momentum going. Because at the time I was flying out from Texas to Nashville a pretty good bit to do sure. it and just never could maintain anything, you know? So yeah, so so since we moved, uh, my goal was to be done kind of being a, a, an, an artist in any kind of like presence, social media or any of that. But for a variety of reasons, it's just, that didn't really happen. Like, I've done okay in the songwriter thing, but I just continue to have, I don't know, kind of the fire shut up in my bones and I can't hold, can't keep it in, you know, sort of thing has been happening. Yeah. And, you know, 2016 up until now is, has, has definitely been a part of that. And so I just kept making music and making music for myself and trying to speak out in whatever way that the Lord wants that wants me to be doing that and hopefully be careful and responsible as I do that. So yeah, I am I am doing a bunch of things. I write for other people in the kind of what's called CCM contemporary Christian music space, which is not a space that I love artistically, mm-hmm. but it's a space that I feel called to. And then I write other kinds of music too, uh what's called sync music, which is like short for synchronization, which just means I write for ads, advertising film and television, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I write for um you know, I write kids music, I write, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, and then I do my, my artist thing has stayed and has even kind of in some ways, you know, as I'm getting older and thinking I'd be done, it's kind of gained some, some mo- momentum, which has been a surprise and I haven't quite known what to do with that. And of course I'm grateful, but I'm also like, Hey, I was kind of ready to sit at home with my kids and not, not yeah. do this. So that's all that's going yeah. on. I'm just, I'm, and I do some stuff like songwriting, coaching and, um, you know, just creative stuff, stuff where I can kind of pay it forward and, and um, help other people to, to achieve their creative best. Um, So yeah, Yeah. that's, I got a bunch of irons in the fire. Well, we love your music. It's always on in our car. And I texted you, you, I texted you this, I, I guess it was Facebook messenger, but I needed you to know this, that it was just one of those, um, quiet afternoons, you know, so much of my job as a mom is, um, 
being their taxi. There's that yeah. meme going around that's like, my kids are living their best life and I'm their ride. Um, yeah. and so we're in the car so <laughs> we're in the car so much. And um, my daughter and I were listening to you and we were just both kind of staring out of our respective windows. It was a peaceful moment. And she just very wistfully said, Mom, I can tell that that man loves Jesus so much. Oh, wow. And it was, isn't that beautiful? It's, it's just the, it's so beautiful. It was the best compliment. And as I, when she said it, I gasped. I was like, oh, and she thought she had said something wrong. She was like, what? And I was like, I would just love for someone to listen to something I create and say that wow. if there's not, if there's, it's, there's just no higher compliment. And yeah. so I just wow. feel like you, you do things a little differently, Ross. And, and I just feel like you go about creating differently. And sometimes maybe it's taking on new topics or blazing new trails. And sometimes it's refusing to move on. Right. Like, no, we're going <laughs> right. to, we're going to sit right here. And, um, you said something briefly just a second ago that, you know, contemporary Christian music isn't necessarily, um, your very favorite thing. Maybe it leaves a few things to be desired. Um, and internally I, I chuckled at that because sometimes Christian art can really suck. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but I wonder, um, how much of why you might think that is, I feel like through your art, you tell an entire story, mm. you tell the whole thing. And so much of Christian art, um, it just rarely reflects the complexity right. of our actual right. experiences. Um, and so it's no wonder to me that, that you stand out to me. Um, will you tell us a little bit more about how Christian music can maybe sometimes fall on its face? Sure. Um, so, you know, and I'd be, be um, respectful because this is also kind of, kind of my job, but I, sure. but I don't say it as a way of like saying I'm going to be afraid of it. I just mean, I don't want to like be mean to my peers, but I Absolutely. just think, you know, all, all entertainment has markets and has target audiences and has trends that they, that they as an industry maybe say, well, this is what's working and this is what isn't. And somehow at some point, the, these, I'm going to call it CCM, um, the CCM world at some point convinced themselves that their market was soccer moms between a certain age, you know, maybe like 29 to 50 or something. And that mm -hmm. those people, that that demographic wanted to be only encouraged all the time, and right. and wanted wow. and wanted yes. and wanted and wanted and, all, and wanted a uh, a kind of music they could play in their suburbans and vans and not have to like worry that sure. it's going to talk about hooking up or sex or something. Right. And so CCM became more targeted toward that idea than it did toward here's what Jesus says, or here's what the Bible talks about, or here's what the Christian wow, experience that's is. that's fascinating. Yeah, and I don't, yeah. I can't tell you how that happened, but I know it happened. And so, you know, and so um, you have this thing where- It's it, prescriptive, right? It's like this really, like this, I, what we need to know is what an audience expects to hear. So here's how lost we were without it. And here's how we're celebrating right. that we have it per period. The end. Yeah. What I've said a hundred times probably to explain this to people is this, and I know you're Catholic, so this may not be the way it is in Catholic church, but in evangelical church, it goes like this. Um, your pastor says something kind of edgy and in, in the sermon and someone comes up to him or her after that and says, Hey, uh, you said something kind of edgy and look, I'm not offended, but somebody here probably is. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is the spirit of CCM. Okay. That's okay. the idea yeah. is I'm not offended, but I'm really concerned that someone else is. And so you uh. content creator, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you. We, we, we are pretty sure that down the chain somewhere, somebody mm -hmm. is going to be bothered by mm -hmm. this. So let's, mm -hmm change it and and so the great mystery is where is that person that's really offended we're not totally right. sure we know where they are or who they are <laughs> but as we as you and I both know from social media they will rear their head at some point with almost zero cost to themselves they can complain about something and tell you that they hate it but that right. but that scares us us being the CCM world because we're like oh what if that represents a large you know sort of pile of people who are are hurt by this or wounded by this or offended by this or whatever so that's a lot of what i think drives it and and so to avoid that they just say well look we can avoid that by simply doing this one thing which is talk about how god loves people yeah. talk about how he's faithful to us talk about how he forgives sins 
you know, I, I have a I have an Anglican friend who said to me, um, he was talking about liturgy, and he said, you know, liturgy has all these elements to it, you know, and he said, you know, you evangelical Protestants are basically only concerned with assurance of pardon and adoration, right? And uh, do you know the, the liturgy? I assume do you guys have that. I don't know if you have that, but the liturgy has sure, these elements. Sure, sure, sure. And there's several, you uh, know, of and, course, yeah. And passing of the peace and 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 the the, the the benediction, all these different things, the communion, whatever. And he said, you guys only talk about in your songs assurance of pardon. So I am assured that I am forgiven and adoration. Mm-hmm. Isn't God great? Right. So and it's funny. Like I was like, oh my gosh, you know. And I think that's a lot of it too. Is that we're just devoted to saying. I promise right. you, you are forgiven. Don't worry, no matter what you do, you you are forgiven. And isn't God yeah. great? So that's kind of the elements that sort of, you know, wh- whether it's worship in the evangelical church or whether it's CCM, kind of more like radio songs, that's what we're going for, yeah. you know? As opposed to this whole breadth of human experience. Right, right. So it's like, just these parts, throw some glitter on that and call it good. Right, right. <laughs> and And I, you know, for a variety of reasons just, I just want more than that. And I obviously experience more than that. And my personal um, journey has taught me that the people who I interact with want more than that. And, you know, and, and even so, so for me, it's even kind of pragmatic, like, oh, I'll write in the spaces in between what these people are talking about. They've already covered that. They've covered right. all those things. I'll, I'll deal with this stuff in the spaces. And as you know, in this crazy sort of niche market world we're in there's always plenty of people who if you could you could take a narrow little thing and if you and if you really work on that thing you have a lot of people who might be interested in that little tiny thing you know there are absolutely and so in my little lane of talking in between the spaces of what ccm talks about i found a really uh viable and loyal and kind of monetizable market of people who want to hear me talk about depression and anxiety and and hard questions and Whatever, right. you know, whatever the things are. Stuff right. that wouldn't maybe be covered in my CCM job. Yeah. So, you know, as I was kind of thinking about this, I don't know what you think about this. This this is a risk maybe, but um, I feel like there's also a component of if anyone were to call into question um, the, the quality of that work, um, I feel like so many times Christian artists can kind of hide behind this um, security blanket of, well, this is just the persecution I've been promised. Sure. You know, right. <laughs> it's like, right. it's like, oh, well, this isn't well received because it's the message that I've been called to give. Right. And so this, um, this criticism, persecution is just evidence that I'm speaking the truth, you know? And so how do we just enter that cycle? Yeah. And that's bigger than CCM, right? That's you and me can get something in our brain that we think is God is telling us. And then the first person that tells us no, we're like, oh, that person's just a hater or that person doesn't believe what I believe. But you're right. There is some kind of a, you know, have you listened to all this, this Mars Hill podcast everyone's listening to? Uh-uh. Okay, it's it's fascinating, but it's uh, you can follow it okay. away. But it's called the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. It's about this Mark Driscoll guy. Who, oh, sure. And of course, of and, course. And kind yes, of the, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Kind of the, I think kind of the point of the of, of the podcast is to say, when things work, and again, I'm using air quotes. When things work, it's harder for us to say, wait, is that? It's harder for us to look closely at them and and critique them because if the numbers are there, if the right. success is there, because someone can always say, well, look at look at the fruit, look at the fruit of that. It must That's be, right. you must be right. wrong. You know, even though Jesus is so clear about narrow roads and wide roads and all that stuff, right. He's yeah. not, he's not talking about how big it is. He's saying, eat my flesh, drink, drink my blood. And they're all, they're all leaving. Cause he's talking about cannibalism, you know, or whatever. But, but we're, we're so convinced that something is big and it's making a little money that it must be God's will, you know, and that's so backwards right. and weird and worldly, but we just do it. So all that to say, I think CCM probably suffers somewhat from that is they have enough success that they're able to say, look, it's working. This is working. We're doing this thing. Right. So I don't know. Why can't, why can't everything just be like Ted Lasso, Ross? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh. don't even get me started. Right. I mean, I know. Right. It's like, oh, the world's hanging on by a thread, but have you seen Ted Lasso? Like that's, that's how I'm making friends these days. (laughs) Well, and now you're, now you're getting into the whole idea of like, why is kindness so revolutionary? Uh, you know, why right. is why is a nice guy such an outlier? This, 
Yes, this kind-hearted, bumbling fish out of water. Right. He's just determined to right. improve everybody around him. You know, gosh, right. I know. I could go on yeah. and on. You know, I will admit that at first, this whole golly gee approach wasn't really um, working for me. Sure. You know, it was like, oh, let's just wait and see how he's a jerk like the rest but of us. But it gets exposed that there's more to it than that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then he's not a jerk. And you're like, okay, let me analyze myself. Huh? Yeah, he's not. <laughs> but he's but he's finding a way. But he's coping so hard yeah. with something, you know. And I think right. that that's, look, your, your skepticism about it is warranted. And I, I you know. I felt like that too. Um, like how, how, how good can a show about a nice guy be about soccer yeah. and you don't care about sports yeah. and whatever. Um, and, <laughs> but, but then you start to like see that there's, there's, there's this hurting going on, you know, in all these different places. And I just, I, I'm fascinated by this idea that somebody showed up in 2021 or I guess in 2020 with a show centered so much around positivity but also around like hurting and forgiveness yeah. and, yeah, you know, and, and stepping across lines. I, I just, I think it's, um, I think it's great. And, and I, and I say all the time, there's more gospel in that show than in a lot of Christian media that I'm seeing. Right. I know it. Okay. So as you have, I feel like you name your hurt in your art. Mm. I feel like so often we can just kind of talk about it ideally or obscurely, or we veil it too much that we, it feels evasive and you are so specific about your struggles in your art. Will you tell us a little bit about, um, just being emotionally risky and doing that and how you're the response? Yeah. So let me start by saying that something interesting about courage that I really believe about courage is that. Courage is one of those things that um, it's 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 something we say about people. When often what's really happening in that person is that they're doing something that's easy for them, that wouldn't be easy for other people, that yes. looks courageous to every everyone else, and that's a gift from the Lord. Like God is gifting us with, I'll make this one person good at going to Africa and blah blah blah, and they. I'm not saying it's not hard for them, but it's it's easier for them than it would be for the person who's very afraid. Okay, I don't. Okay, I have to. Yeah, jump in. I have to interject because I have full body chills right now because people will call me brave all the time, and I'm like, I I don't. It that does not feel brave to me. Right. I'm just doing my own self like right. this. The, I can't not. And if, and if I would try not to do the thing that you're saying is brave, it would feel like a cat right. clawing to get out. And there's so probably other me, things in your life that would scare the crap out of you. Oh my someone gosh. Else would say, yes. well, that's no big deal. Yes. Right. Right. I love that so much. Okay, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. It's fine. That's exactly right. And, and I say that because not because I want to get out in front of being complimented. I appreciate any sort of compliments, but yeah. I also want to be clear yeah. that a long series of mentors and church experiences and friendships and ups and downs in my life taught me without even knowing it to be vulnerable and transparent in some ways. Uh-huh. And so when I am like that, I occasionally feel a little false to take compliments for it, you know, from a fan yeah. or something, because I'll think you don't realize this wasn't that difficult for, for me. Right. So right. thanks, you know, um, and there's other things, like I said, that would scare me terribly. But I think part of it is just this, like I, um, there's so much going on here and I don't, you don't have time for this on your, on, on your podcast, but, but one, one, ele- no, one know. element is a callback Try to me. what you said about Christian art and maybe three or four days ago, this is really current. I had my first in years moment of, wait, does God exist? Um, I don't really have atheism struggles ever. I have like a bunch of other struggles, but I don't, I don't ever stop. I, I kind of think mm. I'm ruined for it. You know, it's like, uh, Donald, yeah. Donald Miller in one of his books said something like someday a scientist is going to prove God, God doesn't, God, God isn't real. And it's, but it's too late for me. You know, like I'm, mm. that's kind of me, yeah. right? I, I don't know. Science yeah. doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm, I'm just in, right. But yeah. I had a moment of, of real doubt real quickly because I was talking to a pastor friend of mine and he was sending me these songs by this artist, Ben Folds, who's really, really great. And Ben Folds sure. is an atheist and all that. And my friend said, uh, and he's a pastor. And, and he said, Ben is my atheist therapist. And, and I was laughing, you know, at that sort of wording, but it made me think for a second, wait, 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 why, why do all the, the atheists and the not Jesus following people make all the art that I resonate with? 
you know, why is Ted Lasso have so much gospel in it that, that I'm seeing versus yeah. some cheesy whatever. Right. And I know there's Christian art that's that's being made that's better than that. We, you know, we you and I talked off yeah. uh, off the recording about the, you know about the chosen and how everyone's raving about how good that is. And I believe it. And I've seen okay. Christian yeah. made art that's wonderful, just so we're clear. Yeah. But all that to say, when I think about that, I think, oh, I if I have a way to speak to stuff that would help someone like who I was in that moment a few a few days ago, I want to do that. So if I can say something that other Christians aren't saying, not to be different, not to be yeah. odd, not to just, you know, fill in my niche, but but because it's not being said, maybe as much, right. I'm going to do it. And I feel a yeah. very strong calling to that. I've done yeah. um four Kickstarter crowdfunding type type things which you're not supposed to be doing for you're supposed to do one or two and then for some reason i just keep doing them but it's because my fans do it my fans are fine with it yeah and the last one yeah. raised like twenty six thousand dollars or something it was so much money and i couldn't believe it and i laid awake one night a few nights after i got that got that money and i just thought wait i just got i just got paid twenty six thousand dollars by people who want to support me am i just gonna write jesus songs or am i gonna do something with this, you know, and I just felt yeah. this like, you know, burdened, um, you know, with, with just some, you know, like Loki, a glorious purpose, you know, um, burdened yeah. to like say something important. And that, that was mm-hmm. part of my being more political on, on Facebook and stuff and, and speaking out more about race and things, but also as part of me saying, I'm going to talk about stuff that makes me uncomfortable to talk about that may bite me le- yeah. later on. It'll make me mm-hmm. open to people being like, well, there he goes again with his, you know, I mean, you know, I've said things in sure. songs that someone could come to me and say, well, of course you'd say that because you're always depressed or you're super triggered about race yeah. or what is that? That's a nerve. I, yeah. I get nervous about that stuff, but I don't know another way Yeah, because on a pragmatic level, I'm not that good at just writing a, a vanilla song about God. I'm just not that good at it. Yeah. Like, Chris yeah. Talman's awesome at it. And that's not as shot at him. He's really good at that. And I think that's necessary and good for the world and good for the kingdom. I'm not so good at that. I'm good at saying, hey, let's talk about how people on the internet create villains and try to be heroes and whatever. I'm good at talking about mm-hmm. how the gospel kind of impacts racial history. And that, that's where I'm going to speak or good about good at talking about depression and anxiety and other mental health issues in relation to the kingdom of Jesus. That's something I can do. So I do it, yeah. you know, and it's, again, it's not, it's not always so brave as much as this, like, well, this is what I can do. And I know people want to yeah. want to hear it and need it. And so, and I need it and it helps me to say it. it's therapeutic to say it. So does that make sense? I know yeah. it's a lot, but that, that's. Yeah, no, it's great. You know, and I feel like anytime you go into these vulnerable spaces, you're telling people how they can celebrate you or hurt you. Mm-hmm. Or ignore you. <laughs> wow, that's really you know? good. No, you're and right. So, no, you're right. And so, it, there's there's just there's a whole lot of of risk in. I mean, that's that's why it's right. vulnerable. You you're showing people know. where it hurts. But you and I both. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just this is awesome. No, this is no, so you good didn't. What you're talking about. Because you and I both know the people that would not celebrate you, you don't want in your life. Yeah. And I don't mean like, it's a dismissive, right. like screw them. You're all dumb. I'm saying anyone who takes my vulnerability and uses it against me. I wasn't looking for their, for their partnership right. or their engagement anyway. I right. hope to change them. And I hope to, just like me that, you know, God's redeeming and changing me. I hope that they're getting changed and redeemed by that. But I'm, what I love about, you know, uh, this conversation we're having about vulnerability and courage is that it's a reminder you and I like each other because of that. We don't, we're not, we don't know each other really. Right. But I'm drawn right. to you right. and you're drawn because of that. Absolutely. Not because yeah. I like, Yeah. honestly, maybe before this moment, you would only pick me out of, a, a, out of that lineup because you see my face on the internet and I'm the same way. We don't, we have not been in, in the same airspace hardly at yeah. all in, in our lives, but yeah. I like you yeah. because you do the thing we're talking about and I'm drawn to that. Right. 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 And the people that aren't drawn to that, they're like weirded out by Alice and weirded out by Ross. I don't hate them, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to work hard to, to get them. Right. Right. Yeah. But anytime, what do you think about this? Anytime you're out in front, because we're all out in front in some area right. of our lives, right? right? So anytime you're out in front, there's an element of loneliness. Mm-hmm. 
And so how have you, as your fans kind of attached to certain messages or distance themselves from others, right. I would imagine your stuff about mental health might go over really easily, whereas your things about race or politics might not. How are you handling that certain level of loneliness? Uh, not well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I want to be liked just like everybody else, right? I mean, I, I think that the dark part of our hearts in those moments is to either want to quit on it because of that. And I've had plenty of that. Yeah. I, mean, I had COVID way back in January and I got real sick, like not hospitalized, but I had two weeks of like, you know, this is, I'm in the basement of our house right, right now. And I, I, there's a little mother-in-law quarters where my mom lived for a little while. And I was in there for two weeks just by myself oh, wow. coming up every once in a while yeah. to eat or whatever, you know? And Ugh. I laid in that and got super depressed and would think things like, you know, while I had COVID, you know, you shouldn't be thinking about the meaning of your life while you have COVID, but I had it and I was like, I, I've been, <laughs> I've been opening my mouth about how I feel about, you know, the president and how I feel about this or that. And I, I'm going to lose my career in Christian music because these people are mostly far right and I'm kind of in the middle and whatever. So that's happened where I've thought, Ross, just shut up, you know, just stop talking. This is not worth it. And I've had moments where I do the other thing where I'm like martyr myself, like nobody gets me, you know, and that's just like a thing that we do, you know, and and I don't know how to get around that, but it also ideally drives me deeper into real relationships with both God and with people who really love me. Right. Because the other thing is, I think, I think you probably get this is that those folks who are mad at you would still probably have a coffee or a beer with you and be your friend if you really yeah. pushed it and just said, Hey, I know we disagree yep. about this thing, but I love you. Mm-hmm. And I care about your kid. And how's your, how's yeah. your wife? How's your friend? You know, they, they and still course. do that, you know, and I have a, I have a guy I've been kind of low level debating with for about the last year and a half. He was a big time, like 20 year fan of my music. And we have mm-hmm. these kind of fat Facebook messenger debates that's been going on for like two years since I started mm-hmm. speaking out about, you know, the politics and race stuff. And, um, he's just far, far, far right. And kind of in that way that is like, he's all in on the right agenda. Like, and I wouldn't, I, I would argue, and I'll say this, you know, I don't, I'm not saying his name, but if he hears this, he'll know it's him. I've told him, I would argue, yeah, to a point of idolatry. I think you just bought into this over the Bible, over the kingdom of Jesus, you know, and have kind of, have kind of molded Jesus into that, you know, which Mm -hmm. is not, not a good thing to do. And, uh, and I'm sure I've done the same thing with my agenda, but I've told him that and, and we've had a, but I love that guy. And when yeah. I don't hear from him for a couple months, I'm like, Hey man, how you doing? How's it been? How's your, how's your family? And because I can yeah. tell he cares about me and it's really just asking because yeah. he's worried. Someone told him that when someone starts to go left politically, that means they're no longer right. Jesus follower. He's just trying to make sure I'm not, I'm not, you know, falling off a cliff. And I, I think what we need is more of that instead of. Oh, anybody who voted for Trump is clearly a racist. Anybody who voted for Biden clearly hates hates babies. You know that that, that we can't. That's not going to work. We can't do that anymore. That doesn't work. It's not true, right. and it doesn't work. And all it's going to do is make yeah. us more. You know, it's going to make us let, dismiss each other. The the, the right. big enemy, Allison, is not hatred. I don't think it's dismissiveness. Hatred's bad. I like it. It's real bad. But most of us don't hate yeah. lots and lots of people. The real haters, the true haters are on the fringes for the most part, for the most part. Yeah. Okay. But, but dismissiveness, that's everywhere. I can, I can just be done with you. If I don't like what you do, I want to be done with you. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's yeah. that subtle you know, I was, thing, right? I was having a conversation with a dear, dear friend who's struggling in her marriage right now. And as I was listening, I felt that level of, of dismissiveness. Right. It wasn't, there was an indifference there that felt really scary to me. Right. And it made me thankful because I've been so mad at my husband. I can't even see straight. I have, I've been hurt by him that has, you know, had me cry myself to sleep. I've hurt him in ways that have made him feel like he's alone in the world. You know, we've done all these awful things to each other, but I've never not been in love right? ever, right? you know? And so it's like, there's that, I I do feel that that it's that indifference. It's that apathy that is, you know, the most dangerous thing. And not to be too personal, but have you ever been depressed? Yes. All right. So um, here's the thing. It's been a recent struggle, actually. I, it, yeah. the COVID has done a number on me. I yeah. don't put you on the couch, but I, but I would say that for me, yeah, a kind of dismissiveness permeated my depression more than a like mm-hmm. deep sadness, deep anger was a, yeah. the phone would ring and I would look at it and say, 
that person's got problems. I don't want to deal with that person's problems. Uh uh-uh. I wasn't mad. I just yeah. was just, you know, and I could yeah. turn things off. And I just, mm-hmm. I just know that when I'm at my lowest place, you're not going to get me like your big threat from Ross King. If you make me mad, it's not that I'm going to like confront you and yell at you. Yell at you. It's that I'm just going to quit, going to quit caring about oh. you. Right. That's yes. ugly. That's gross. Yes. And I just don't want to, I don't want to be that it, way. It's so hurtful. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I think most of Jesus's like big moments were unplanned and they were like interruptions to his life. Moments when, mm. when a dismissiveness would have been, uh, would have been one of my choices, probably my favorite choice. Sure. Hey, I'm on the way to bringing this girl, this guy showed up in my house and he's here or wherever I was staying, he didn't have a house, but he showed up in my presence and he's a religious leader and he says his daughter's really sick and it's kind of cool he's a religious leader because those guys don't really like me. So I'm going to go help his daughter. I don't have time to fix you bleeding person, woman who's bleeding and, you know, and can't stop, you know, he could have dismissed her, you know? That's right. Um, yeah. But he, and I just think like, instead that those moments of like openness to, to, to interruptions, because that's really what yeah. we're dealing with here in our lives, right? It's just a lot of people interrupting oh, my flow of my it. day, right? And having enough margin in our lives that we can allow for godly interruption. <sighs> that yeah, is, I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm terrible at yeah. it, so. Which is honestly, that's back to that thing about you in my living room. <laughs> you were probably interrupting my day. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I just, oh, I certainly was. I just mean you were like trying to move. Sure, sure, probably. Yeah. Oh, that's. I remember this now. We were in the middle of moving, and you just kind of yes, this all came together now. See, and I, my oh memory's my gosh, terrible. I love it. So I. Um, yeah. Well, so last thing, I, you know. I know that we're, we're kind of joking about Ted Lasso, except we're not. Mm-hmm. But there is this, um, there's this amazing opportunity as believers in the world to transform the secular with the sacred. Yes. And so, so likewise, um, I feel like anytime um, a lot of my ideas around uh, politics or just how we should engage as Christians in the world come from Brian Zond. He wrote Mm -hmm. a book that was transformative for me, um, How Beauty Will Save the World. And I feel like we've become so entrenched in what is true and is good that we have kind of glossed over what is beautiful. And so um, when truth and goodness, um, we might not be able to convince with, with those things, right. but there's something about beauty that can allure people to goodness, um, and to truth. Wow. And so it crosses lines that we can't, that we aren't normally able to cross. And it's hard to quantify um, it too. Right. Can't, can't and so as Christians, yeah. they, exactly. And so as Christians in this, in this world, um, that are so steeped in truth and goodness and have passed over beauty, what are ways that because I feel like you do it so well. Thank you. I feel like you are are really, really good at this. I mean, I watch the way that you engage mm. with people that disagree with you. I watch how you go to love first. Mm. And I just, because we share some of the same convictions, I know how you might be reading what this person said. Right. But I also know how you're actually responding. So how much time is there um, for you between instincts and truth and goodness and making a decision to have a beautiful response. What's your process there? Because you're really, really good at it. Well, that means a lot to me. I really worked hard. Like you, you just, you know, you just noticed something that I want people to, to notice. So thank you. Um, Look, part of this is I'm nearly 50 and I didn't do it that way for a long, long, long time. Um, Mm. I love to zing people. I would love to just zap somebody, you know, um, a thing happened the other day where on a, uh, someone, someone tagged me and said, t- tagged me on an, on an Instagram post of a, of the, there was an Instagram, uh, account that kind of is, is a jokey. It's this really, it's just classic 2021 on the internet. It's this jokey thing where it's a worship leader themed star Wars themed, IG account, okay, that kind of makes worse leader jokes with Star Wars memes, which is that's about as you know niche <laughs> as you can get. You know, that's like so narrow, right? but it's but it's pretty brilliant. Well, they had made fun of these two. There's two songs. There's Hallelujah for the Cross that I had written years ago. Is a song that I'd written, and, and it's a, the Newsboys did it. Okay, the Newsboys are kind of a they can be a little bit considered kind of hokey cheesy. And there's another one written by a guy named Chris McCarney who's just super good. 
and the, his song is good. And the meme was basically kind of making fun of these two different versions of the song and saying, you thought you were going to be doing the good one, but you said you're doing the, 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 the newsboys one. And so I, I was really tempted to just sing this guy because I wrote that song yeah. about a month after my yeah. dad drowned and wrote it as a way to like speak to my lack of belief about Jesus being death. And mm. so I'm way triggered by that. Right. But that he doesn't know that mm. he doesn't know that. Of right. Course. And right. so right. Right. I, instead of responding, I sat with it for a day. Cause I was like, what am I, what kind of baby am I going to look like if I, you know, like that person who mm. can't take a joke on the internet, that's ter- That's a terrible thing. Right. Oh gosh. Ross. And the guy doesn't know any better. Right. So I sat with it yeah. for, for a day and I screenshotted it. And then I wrote a separate post on my wall and I didn't tag him. And, and, and I said, you can go look at it, but I basically said, this happened. And I got so petty, you guys about it. And in my heart, I just wanted to like burn this guy with this, with this sort of conversation killing trump card story about my dad drowning, which is just a, you can win every argument if your dad drowns, right? you can just be like, Oh, well, hold yeah. on, watch this dramatic thing. And so I, I posted and said, this is how petty that I was. Just wanted one to know that I wanted to zing this guy. And I, and then, but how about this? And then I wrote what I, what I drafted to say to him, which was a thing, uh-huh. right? And it was like, yeah, hey, good joke. Course. Good joke. I wrote that song about a month after my dad drowned because I wasn't sure if I, yes. if I believed in Jesus beating death anymore. Then I went around the country singing this song to try to get my faith back. But I was so depressed. Yeah. It didn't totally work. And then the newsboys who are super famous cut it and paid a bunch of my bills and brought this redemptive right. thing to me because- this thing happened yeah. where this group I don't even really like that much cut this song of mine and gave me a bunch of m- money uh-huh. and and I feel better about it. But good joke, right? Because I kind of want the guy to think about or people to, to, to think about the power of being a jackass on the internet because you want to get followed. That's right. Because that's all we're that's really right. doing. You and me too included. We're just, watch me be cool on the internet. And that has consequences. Uh, and I wasn't super yeah. wounded by what, what that guy did, but I was more kind of wounded by the justice of it I know you get this. Of course, of course. Of like, if this yeah. wasn't me, I'd be really ticked off right now, right? And so I kind of right. am still, right? Um, yeah. So I wanted to say, then the guy shows up because someone tells him about it. And he's kind of feeling, feeling sort of defensive. He has 35,000 followers and I've kind of zinged him. And I, again, I didn't tag him. I didn't tell anyone where this went, where this was from, but someone else saw it, you know, and told him. So then we have this great, great conversation where I just say to him, where he kind of tries to turn it into briefly, you know, an argument about whether or not I'm really hurt to kind of, to divert the conversation to just admit that you're hurt by this, you know? And I'm like, hold on, this isn't the point. The point is that it's okay for us to be, you made a joke in front of the whole world. I made a counter thing on my own wall. I'm allowed to to do that. And you can just sit there and take him. You can either apologize, which I don't need you to do, or you can say, you did a good job kind of getting me back, right? It's okay. It doesn't matter, you know? And ultimately we got, it was great because he was so humble and so teachable and so cool about it uh, and kind of said, I think, I think I sound like I'm arguing with you and I shouldn't, you know, whatever. And I was like, dude, it's okay. I, I'm being kind of a child about this. You know, I mean, I admitted that. And that's because the point of that, Allison, is that, yes, I handled it well, that I waited a day and didn't go on his wall and be whatever. But I also yeah. kind of got my cake and eat it too moment because I got to zing him on my sure. wall. And everyone's like, oh, Ross, I'm so sorry you went through this. You know, everyone's like sympathetic toward me. It's all a gross yeah. internet thing. And what I'm trying to get at is on all those moments, yeah. I ask, I ask m- myself, what's my goal here? Is my goal to win against this person or to like get farther down the path with unity and kindness and whatever? Yeah. And yeah. my goal, when someone does what you are talking about doing on the internet with me in the flesh, in the moment is to say, oh, watch this. I'm going to win because I'm, I'm a writer. Okay. So I'm good with words. I can do this and I'm a smart mouth and I'm good at all that stuff. But what does that do for anybody? Right. Versus if I go counter to what I'm sort of fleshly prone to and say, Hey, Hey, hold on. Do you want to have a good dialogue about this? Cause I, I want us to both know more at the end of this. I want us to both love Jesus more. Are you coming from a place of Christianity? Are you just, if I don't know you, are you a person who wants to get closer to God? You know, whatever. And I don't always handle it well, yeah. but I try really hard to ask, what's my goal here? And how am I going to, I'm not going to get there, you know? Yeah. Um, there's nothing more depressing to me, and I'm guilty, but there's nothing more depressing to me than watching Christians look exactly like the world. 
Right. If I've had um, these really grand moments of doubt lately, as right. the church has been, everything is so above ground right now, everything's a little fever pitched, yeah. that watching Christians look just like the world has been just, dev- I feel soul sick. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there is an opportunity to create clarity. Um, there's an opportunity to turn, you know, hate and hostility into love right. and forgiveness, but every single bit of that um, takes a second. It is definitely not instinctive. Right. And so that's, you know, that's been my biggest yeah. tool is just, is waiting a second. So yeah. do you feel- And sometimes that just means letting it go right. altogether. Like I can just let that sit by itself and then you can be the only jerk. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know? So let me hear you for a second. So you do that stuff. You post incendiary controversial things. How do you handle it? Is what I just described the way um, you do it? So you know how there's those people, and I can be this person, so I'm not saying I'm always this way, but you know how there are people that are like, oh man, I what I should have said came to me in the shower three hours later. <laughs> oh man, I sat up in bed at 3 a.m. with just the right thing to say. I'm the person that's like later in the shower going, man, I shouldn't have said that. Right. Same. I'm the person at 3 a.m. going, ah, oh, I shouldn't have said that. So my impulses are quick. And I I like words, too. Mm-hmm. I think communicating well is really important. Right. So they're usually kind of right at the tip of my tongue. So for me, it's just a waiting game. Right. Um, my husband is as steady and as kind as they come. Yeah. And so... Um, and a lot of times I have to check myself when there's responses that I have that I don't want to run right. by him. There's usually a reason. Right. <laughs> no, listen, if I, I know that he's going to bring husband, me back to center. The world would be terrible. Oh, right. Because my wife is just like that. And I'm just like you. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Right. You've got to have that balance. I know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay. So, Ross, I'd love to close with, I want to know who your heroes are. Who do you look up to? Jesus. No. Um. Obviously. No, I, so I have been doing a deep dive on race stuff for the last couple of years. So a lot of what I yeah. would will answer for yeah, you there too. is that, um, uh, there is uh, Brian Stevenson who wrote just mercy and is, you know, sure. runs uh, equal justice initiative, um, is doing work that the gospel you know, that the gospel needs and that, that, that the world needs. And anyone who's listening doesn't know who that is. Just go look up Brian Stevenson and read anything or watch anything that you can watch and just, just let your soul be nurtured. I have, um, I, I just, anytime people make um, space for, and I wouldn't say opposing views, but, but make space for their adversaries. I mm-hmm. am, interested you know and yeah, intrigued right right and and so i mean i wouldn't name a bunch of people but i would just say that like you know i i do love people like you know authors that i've read like like you know like a c.s lewis or or um or even maybe more more obscure stuff you know like uh I, i've been really impacted by the work of um richard foster you know he wrote a bunch of like he was a he was, he, he's a quaker and he wrote a celebration of discipline mm-hmm. and he wrote um this freedom of simplicity and some other stuff. And he, he's, he's always like simple life stuff, which I, which I love, or like Frederick Beekner, who's this sort of very literary, he's kind of a, um, he's sort of like, uh, God, you're making me draw, draw blanks. Um, who's the guy that, that, um, is always writing like the, 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 the agrarian, uh, God, you have to edit this out because it, because it's so bad. But anyway, uh, I, I, I like, books that tell the story of, of the gospel with a lot of art and Frederick Buechner yeah. does this really, yeah. really well. Richard Rohr does it really, really yeah. well. Um, oh, love him. And Andrew Peterson, Andrew Peterson. is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, but, I, but I'm currently in a, in a, in a place where I'm drawn to probably a lot of people that are going to be less well-known. There's a guy named Esau Macaulay, who's a, who's an Anglican, a black Anglican uh, priest who, who I just wrote a book called Reading While Black that is been shocking me and love and there's a guy named Jamar Tisby mm. who's doing that and then you've got mm-hmm. like um yes be the bridge Latasha Morrison is doing some Latasha. some great work and and um uh yeah so there's just a lot of you know and, and that's me kind of throwing you know maybe some of my my uh trying to be cred on my on my race stuff but I just that's where I am right now that's currently what I'm trying to read mm-hmm. with my two sons being yeah. my oldest son t- turned 18 my, my his brother is about to turn 15 and they're 
biracial. And so I'm trying to learn as much as I can because of stuff yeah. that they deal with and talk about. And so a lot of my heroes right now are going to be race stuff, you know? Um, yeah. I appreciate your friendship um, so much. You know, we live in a world gone wrong mm -hmm. and it's been wrong for a really long time. And we're really bad at choosing right and wrong for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're really bad at being God apart from God right. um, well, in general. But um, there's people like you in the world that are very comforting mm -hmm. um, to follow that are living so outside of a self-centered experience. I, I feel like so much of our culture is so individualistic and we have this obsession with the private self. And when that happens, when we're not including our neighbor like you do, um, when we're not leading community like you do um, and, and just such a significant um, just ways of, of sharing stories and then accepting other people's stories. You don't just put it out, but you take it in. Thanks. And um, when we do that, it does not obscure this giant picture right. that God is constantly working on. So I just, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate Thank your you. example. Um, it is a pleasure to follow along. Tell everyone else where they can support you, follow you, yeah. find you, um, all the things. I mean, I'm uh, rosskingmusic.com is just kind of the, the hub and it's currently under a lot of construction, mm -hmm. but uh, that's a thing or just find any any place you look up Ross King music on any of the socials I'll be mostly on those um, and uh, yeah just go find me on the your favorite streaming platform and hit shuffle and uh, hopefully you won't go too far back in my catalog where it sounds terrible you'll hear the recent stuff but um, yeah that's those are all places you can you can find me yeah thank you awesome. very very much for having thank me. you ross wendell berry who's who i was I thinking appreciate of. you wendell berry that's yeah yes yeah, i, just, I drew like a blank for some reason <laughs> anyway um but no thank you so much for having me and, and thank you for trusting me with this time and i take it very seriously and i'm just grateful i'm grateful for your voice in in this and thank i'm grateful you, that you live in my hometown so yes yes awesome. hopefully our paths will cross again soon i hope so see ya bye be Rooted Bead Co. is a small business working to create chic and classic jewelry meant to remind you of who you are, who you hope to be, and what inspires you. With bracelets and necklaces that transition effortlessly from the gym or school pickup to date nights and weddings, their hope is that their jewelry brings goodness and holiness into the ordinary and everyday. The heart of Be Rooted is custom bracelets that are meant to bring you back to what really matters. Maybe that's children or a spouse or a word that breathes life and purpose. My bracelet says a simple send me. It's a prayer that keeps me focused on loving the people that God has put before me. You can find them on Instagram at berooted underscore beadco or their website, berootedbeadco.com. With the holidays approaching, Be Rooted is the perfect thoughtful gift. You can use the code SISTER for 15% off. Hi, Beefy! Beefinator! Hi, hi. Okay, so we had this very surreal moment um, a week ago, and it was at the ballpark. And mm -hmm. you live in you live in Houston, and I live an hour and a half away. And so, any time that we see each other, it has to be very planned. Like we don't just happen upon each other. Except, um, we were both an hour away from our homes. We were at a baseball tournament, and our family was on our way out. And your family was on your way in and we saw each other through windshields and we stared in disbelief at one another, perhaps for a moment too long, like someone might have honked. And then <laughs> we spent the rest of the day together watching baseball together and then went and grabbed dinner afterwards. And it was amazing. Like we could not pick our jaws up off the floor. We could not believe the generosity of God. I still cannot believe it. It is like, and I was having a really, really heavy weekend and there's yeah. literally nowhere and no one that I would have rather been with. Um, it's like shocking. And we just kept saying, Jesus loves us so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, like just to see each other out in the wild like that, like we just kept kept like shaking our head in denial. Yes. Like I cannot believe <laughs> this is so like weird. actually happening. Yes. I feel like um, like moments of surprise like that, they ampli like the, the emotion of surprise, it amplifies yes. what's good and it can also amplify what's bad. But like it was in that surprising moment, like we just yeah, amplified yeah, yeah. Um, all the good. Okay. So speaking of surprise, did anything surprise you about Ross's interview? Huh. Um, yeah. I loved his interview. I, Isn't I like, he so legit good? took notes. Um, yeah. 
So one thing I actually wrote down is that I was surprised to hear him say or like admit or put out into the world that he doesn't particularly like Christian music, but he feels called to it. So he continues to answer the call and do yeah. it and tries to do it well. Um, that was just like, it, it definitely gave me pause. And I guess it's because, you know, just in our comfort culture, I think it's important for us to be reminded that life, this life is not about our comfort and our preferences, um, but they're about his and he's clearly um, so obediently doing that. And talking yeah. about it. I think one of my favorite things about Ross is that, he, you know, he's a church boy, you know, like he's very well-versed in Christianese, but he's mm-hmm. also really well-versed <laughs> with the world and mm-hmm. he can hear when something isn't going to translate. And so I feel like a lot of times, like the reason that Christian art can like fall on its face a little bit is that it lacks Mm -hmm. a vulnerability that isn't perfectly managed all the time. And Mm -hmm. Ross, we didn't get into this too much in the interview, which is why I just need to have him back. But like Ross really writes about his own struggles in such a way that it becomes really important to share with others. It's like other people need to hear this that aren't like so insular, you know, that are like, this will apply to every single person. And so I just mm-hmm. feel like he, the way that he storytells his life, it's it's really without an agenda besides mm-hmm. just telling the truth and finding God in it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of agendalessness, um, I love the way that he spoke about his adversaries. I feel like I'm getting this mm-hmm. message from all different um, angles yeah. and different places these days. Um, like, there are adversaries in the world. There are people every day that we interact with that feel like yeah. adversaries and they're not to be ignored. They're not to be avoided. Um, our pastor delivered a powerful message about community this weekend. And one thing that she focused on is that we're called to be a part of and love our community. Um, but our community isn't just the people who act and think and yeah. look like us. Right. Um And so she really focused on the adversary part of it and reminded us that our community is full of people that we disagree with and just straight up may not even like, but they're our community and we are called to love them and engage with them regardless, right? Not about our comfort, but about our call. Ah, bummer, right? I feel like like Ross does such a great job. I feel like we we are get so outcome-based that it's like we want to enforce good rather than just be Mm -hmm. good. And Ross does such a good job of just demonstrating this really authentic Christian alternative by just being good himself. Mm -hmm. And so he always takes me right back to basics in that way. Um, Okay, good talk, Beef. See you later. Maybe at the ballpark. <laughs> Can he do it twice? I don't know. <laughs> he fed thousands twice. You never know. <laughs> Fair. See you, See you, beef. Bye. Bye. It has been all my pleasure watching Valerie at PAX Beloved share her many artistic gifts with the world. She creates Catholic artwork and gifts with such love and detail. Sometimes I'll be on Instagram and will stop mid-scroll to pray with some image that she has created that has left me speechless. Her creations line my prayer closet. Please go follow her there at pax.valerie and head over to her website at paxbeloved.com. You can use the code SSS20 to get 20% off. Thank you, friends, for tuning in. Catch us next week. Please subscribe so that you don't miss a thing and consider heading over to patreon.com slash Allison Sullivan to help support the show. You help us grow. And for a little fun, you can head over to Sullivan Family TikTok. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.